Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Hi, so good to be with you. My name is Bronson Blackmore and along with my wife Gabby, we are the location pastors of our Melbourne West location. Welcome to Elevation Church today on this holiest of days, Good Friday. And so good to have you with us, wherever you're joining us from, wherever you, wherever you are watching from, uh, we're just so glad that you are with us. We're going to be sharing communion at the end of my message today. So I just ask right now, uh, at the end of church services, the last couple of weeks, we've been handing out communion emblems. And so I just ask right now, would you go away and get those emblems and just put them to the side right where you're sitting so you have them ready so that at the end of my message, as I said, as we share communion together, you are ready to do that. And what we're going to do is, is I'm not necessarily going to speak too much about communion, but what we're going to do is we're going to sing a song together, a song that our worship team has been working on called Remembrance, and it's going to be a special time. And so what we'll do is we'll share communion at that time, and it's going to be great. Um, we're continuing our Last Words series today, and we've been looking at some of the last words that Jesus said on the cross as he was dying for us. And the last couple of weeks, we've looked at some different statements that he said, and one of them was, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And then another statement that Jesus said was, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. And so today we're gonna to look at one last statement that Jesus made on the cross. So let's pray. Lord God, I just thank you for our time together today. I thank you that this is Good Friday where we remember the death of Jesus on the cross. I pray, God, that in our hearts that you would speak to us and that we would just be really so aware of the sacrifice that you made, Jesus. So, God, we give you praise for your love for us. Jesus, we give you thanks for your obedience on the cross. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. April 2019, we started the fit-out of our church building that we now meet in every week and uh, there was a lot involved. And so at the start of it, I made, put up my hand to say, I'm gonna manage this build out, this fit out. And so I organized all the contractors and I didn't actually realize how much was gonna be involved and how full on it was gonna be. But um, anyway, it, it was an amazing time. And, and so I took it upon myself to manage these subcontractors. And so I just wanted to list out some of the people involved. We had architects, we had uh, engineers, structural and mechanical, building surveyors, air conditioning services, plumbers, electricians, carpenters. We had cabinetry people, concreters, tilers, timber yards, audiovisual services, plasterers, painters, trust manufacturers, lawyers, and even church volunteers who came and helped uh, do part of the fit out with us both locally from our Elevation Church Loki and also from interstate, from different Elevation churches there. And the fit out really started to ramp out in November 2019. That's when it's all started to come together. And it was crazy. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that it almost broke me. It was probably one of the most stressful and overwhelming periods of time in my life, the fit out and some other things that were going on in the church and in my life. And I just want to thank God that finally on Saturday, December the 21st, 2019, around about 
11 p.m., 12 a.m., which was the day before our first service, which was Christmas 2019, that we were finished. Finished. The fit-out was done. And can I say it was such a relief. It was such a moment of just, oh, this is done. Joy and excitement. It is finished. If you've ever built or renovated a house or maybe you've finished high school or university or you've paid off a car or a personal loan or sold a business or property, it is finished is such a great statement to be able to say. It's finished, it's done. At other times though, those words are not great things to say. Uh, your footy team is in the grand final, charling by 60 points with five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It's finished, there's no hope. The business you started with high hopes is forced into bankruptcy proceedings, it's finished. The relationship you dreamed, out, dreamed of, a marriage or a friendship, is, turns out to be a nightmare and ends, it is finished. These three words, it is finished, can evoke so many different emotions inside us, so many different feelings, sadness, joy, regrets, relief, disappointment, or excitement. It is finished. These three words, if you don't know, perhaps the greatest words ever uttered, the greatest words ever spoken by the greatest man that ever lived on the greatest rescue mission ever undertaken. Today, if you've got your Bibles, would you turn with me to John 19.30 and we're going to look at this last statement of Jesus on the cross. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished, and he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The word finished here comes from a Greek word that translates to English and it means completed, accomplished, fulfilled. And so reading this verse without context, you might conclude that those last words of Jesus were ones of resignation or defeat. I'm done for, I'm finished. When Jesus said it is finished, the enemies of the gospel would have thought that too. Herod thought he had finished it when he sent Jesus to the Roman governor to be tried, but he hadn't. Pilate thought he'd, washed, he'd finished it when he washed his hands of the blood of Jesus of Jesus' blood and sent him off to be crucified, but he hadn't. The religious lawyers thought they had finished it when Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying before them, but they hadn't. The devil, he thought he had finished it as Jesus laid in the tomb, but he hadn't. And maybe there's some people watching or listening to this and you think it's finished for you as well. The circumstances of your life, the situations where you find yourself, it just seems so far from where you want to be and it feels like it's finished. Can I just speak some words of encouragement and life into your situation today, your circumstances, and let you know it's not finished until Jesus says it's finished. You're not done, it's not over until Jesus says it's finished. And you may feel down and out, but God's in your corner. The Holy Spirit is breathing new life into you. God is not done with you yet. John 10, 17, Jesus said this, I lay down my life that I might take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down and I have power to take it up. This charge I've received from the Father. When Jesus said it is finished, 
It wasn't a statement of defeat, no. Rather, it was a statement, there's no, a statement of, there's nothing more for me to do. I've accomplished the mission. I've fulfilled my purpose. I've completed the task. Max Licato writes this about Jesus saying it is finished. The history-long plan of redeeming man was finished. The message of God to man was finished. The works done by Jesus as a man on earth were finished. The task of selecting and training ambassadors was finished. The job was finished. The song had been sung. The blood had been poured. The sacrifice had been made. The sting of death had been removed. It was finished. Old Testament prophecies of the Messiah's earthly coming were finished. Old Testament law was finished. The priesthood, the sacrificial system, the temple worship was finished. The power of sin was finished. The mastery of the devil over humanity was finished. Jesus' mission to redeem sinners was finished. All those things were finished because of Jesus' last words on the cross. It is finished. And just in the short remaining time that we have together today on Good Friday, I just want to talk about five things that Jesus did on the cross for us. Number one, he fulfilled the scripture. The scriptures had prophesied about a man who would come and suffer and die for our sins. And Jesus fulfilled those prophecies. Luke 24, 44 to 47, he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the, give, for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. He fulfilled the scripture. The second thing he did was he satisfied the law. The law of God demanded an innocent animal to be sacrificed for the sins of Israel once a year. And Jesus became that sacrificial lamb. Jesus became that sacrifice for our sins. Romans 8, 3-4. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his son Jesus in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so the just requirement of the law would be satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. He satisfied the law. Thirdly, he conquered sin and death. By living a sinless life, Jesus conquered sin and he conquered the consequences of sin, which is death. Romans 5, 17. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. 
he conquered sin and death. Number four, he defeated the devil. What our enemy thought was a victory at the cross of Jesus dying was instead a public humiliation. Jesus defeated the devil and his power at the cross. Look what it says in Colossians 2.15. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. He defeated the devil. And then fifthly, he paid for our freedom. Jesus rescued us and paid for our freedom. Colossians 1, 13, 14. For he rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. You know, that Greek word that we get finished from has another meaning. It also means paid in full. And Jesus paid in full for our freedom. See, the purchase price of our freedom wasn't gold or silver or precious gems. It wasn't Bitcoin or anything like that. It was something more precious. 1 Peter 1, 18 to 19. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver and gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Jesus, a lamb without blemish, and defect. Jesus paid our freedom. So today on Good Friday, I really want to ask you to take some time today to reflect, to remember what Jesus did for you, what he did on that cross. He fulfilled the scripture, satisfied the law. He conquered sin and death. He conquered the devil and Jesus paid for our freedom. And right now, we're going to enter into a time of communion and we're going to remember those last words of Jesus. It is finished. And as our worship team leads us in a, in a song right now, I want you to pay attention to the words. We're going to sing a song that speaks about the communion emblems, speaks about the bread and the cup. The bread represents the broken body of Jesus, the battered body of Jesus, that Jesus' body that was used and paid for our freedom. The, the cup represents the blood of Jesus that was spilt and poured out for us to conquer sin and death. And as we sing this song together, this, this beautiful song of remembrance and reflection, if you know it, I want you to sing it along with us and the words will be on the screen. And if you, if you don't know it, that's okay. Either way, if you know the song or don't know the song, let's sing the song Today is a prayer to our God, as a prayer to our Jesus, as a way of saying thank you, as a, as a song and as a prayer of remembrance to this day, this holy day, Good Friday, as we remember what Jesus did for us, what he accomplished and what he said, it is finished. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of Good Friday. Enjoy the rest of this time with your family. I look forward to seeing you at church on Sunday. Let's just enter into this time of communion together as we sing this song, Remembrance. God bless you.
sentir.